In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be back from maternity leave, although I am missing full-time baby adoration, as one of my fellow moms called it. The past three months have flown by. They're already a blur, especially the first, months of, the first month of severe sleep deprivation. I find myself asking, what exactly did I do these past three months? It's already hard to remember what I've done other than nursing and trying to get the baby to stop crying and trying to get the baby to go to sleep and then worrying about when the baby was going to wake up and of course spending a good amount of time watching TV and listening to podcasts in the middle of the night. What have I done these past three months? Well, the real answer is that my husband and I have successfully kept another human being alive, which I'm really quite proud of. But isn't it curious that I'm even asking at all, what have I done? We're so primed to need to be productive, to cross tasks off of to-do lists, that during maternity leave, I had to remind myself that getting the laundry done or getting dinner on the table for Chris and me, even if it was reheating food from the freezer, doing these things, it was an accomplishment. It's hard to shake the feeling I should be doing something. I should be doing more. Should is a very powerful word. I wonder how often the word should pops up in your vocabulary. Let me guess how you might use it. I should eat more vegetables. I should procrastinate less. I should spend more time with my family. I should pray more. Then there are the should nots. I shouldn't go to bed so late. I shouldn't text and drive. I shouldn't say yes all the time to my boss. I don't know about you, but even reciting this short list of shoulds and should nots makes me feel a little anxious. Whatever the reason, when someone tells me I should do something, I either get defensive or I feel guilty. Either way, should almost never motivates me to act or to change. So my goal today is to avoid the shoulds. And given our texts, it's actually somewhat difficult. It looks like, at first glance, they are full of shoulds. We might interpret the first letter of Peter as saying that we should do what is right. We should sanctify Christ as Lord in our hearts. We should be ready to defend our faith. And most importantly, we should keep our conscience clear. It sounds like Jesus in John's Gospel is saying we should keep God's commandments and we should love God. Now, should we do all these things, we can reason, we can guess that we will be blessed and God will love us. But should we not do them all? And that's where we run into the problem with should. What if we don't do what is right? Does that mean we won't be blessed? What if we don't keep God's commandments? Does that mean that we don't love God or that God doesn't love us? The problem with should is that it implies judgment and punishment if we don't follow through with our obligations. 
Of course, that's not to say the Bible is free of judgment for those who don't follow God's commandments. We know that justice is an important component of our faith. But today's message about our obligation to keep God's commandments and to do what is right is not an if-then formula. Our motivation to act as Christians does not come from fear of losing God's love or losing God's blessing. Rather, the message of our readings today is that we are blessed, we are loved, we are saved by the waters of baptism. And as a result of that blessing, as a result of that love, as a result of that salvation, God is sending us and has sent us a counselor, an advocate, to help us. The spirit of truth helps us to obey Jesus' commandments. It helps us to keep our conscience clear. It helps us to do what is right. These actions are a response to the love and blessing that has already been showered upon us. The church father Andreas of Caesarea, commenting on the first letter of Peter, wrote, If we form a clear understanding of his holiness, then we do not sanctify him on one occasion only, but rather by doing this we have a better understanding of what his holiness is, and something of it is implanted in our hearts. As Christians, we have been given a compass, but that compass does not point towards north. The compass points us towards the good and the holy, that is, towards God. God's compass of holiness is implanted on our hearts. When it comes time to make a difficult decision, when we must act without much time to discern what the right action should be, the holiness of God implanted on our hearts will guide us. Now let's face it. Even without the shoulds, it's not easy to do what is right. It's not easy to follow God's commandments. The author of 1 Peter asks a rhetorical question. Now who will harm you if you are eager to do what is good? If only that were the case, right? That nobody would want to harm us when we do good. If only that were the case even some of the time. The real answer is that more often than not, Doing what is good is difficult. Doing what is good, doing what is right, it often puts us at risk for criticism, for blame, for damaged relationships, and even for suffering. Sometimes we Christians aren't so great at doing what is right because we'd rather avoid these difficult things. But sometimes we're not so good at doing what is right because we like to be nice to people. We don't want to hurt others. We often want to please everyone. But doing what is right is not the same as being nice. Of course, we can do the good, we can do what is right with respectful humility, as the author of 1 Peter suggests. But doing what is right requires taking a side and sticking to it. Jesus never said you would know his disciples because they were nice. The hallmark of our identity as disciples of Jesus is not the bumper sticker on our car or the cross that we wear around our neck. 
The hallmark of our identity as disciples of Jesus are our daily actions and decisions. The real proof that we love Jesus, that we have God's holiness imprinted on our hearts, is our obedience of his commandments, our ability to keep keep a clear conscience and to do what is right. So today, try taking should out of your vocabulary. In its place, try these alternatives. I could keep God's commandments. I would like to do what is right. I can have a clear conscience. There is no should, only response. A response to the love and goodness and blessing that we have already received. Amen.